Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. This is Grizzly Kiki. I'm Robert. And I'm Daniel. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I feel like such a cornball when we do stuff like that. I know. (laughs) Well, you know. Do you think it's corny? Write in. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, Happy New Year. It's a new new year, new me. No? No. I like the old you. Let's keep it. I don't want a new Robert. (laughs) I mean... Spoiler alert, it's just the old me mm-hmm. wearing a different mask. Yeah. Different ah, wrapping. surprise. Yeah. We'll get into masks <laughs> later. Um, yes. <laughs> you look like you're about to say something. Am I making you I nervous? Was and I forgot. No, I'm still reeling. Um, reeling from? From the movie that we watched that we're going to talk about later. Mm. Um, it just left me feeling very, um, I don't know. Speechless. Speechless. So yeah. speechless. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't believe it's 2019. Yeah. Like, or it 2000. It's a little weird. I prefer the whole. 2000. 2019. Um, yeah. The like New Year's melancholy, though, is like hitting me hard. Yeah. Because like our Christmas tree has to come down like after Three Kings Day and all that stuff. So it's like. Is that a rule? Is that I mean, a law? January 6th. That's how long we used to keep it up. Oh. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I didn't know that. Although one year our tree stayed up until March. I'm not gonna lie. Like maybe December 28th. I remember I woke up and came out here, and I was like, "Oh, Christmas tree's still up. What are you still doing here?" Mm-hmm. Huh? Hmm? Huh? I mean, we could put more mm-hmm. presents under her. I mean, wouldn't that be an interesting experiment if we just bought like a gift each and each month open something on the 25th? Sure. That would be really cute. I'm just, I wonder what that would do for our self-esteem. That would be like a really interesting social experiment. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Or is like that what they call that? Or like it has to be like a handmade gift. It doesn't matter what the you gift know? is. My point is like the exchange of gifts. Mm-hmm. That happening every month on a certain day. What does that do for like? Oh my God, that'd be so much fun. What happens in the days following the gift exchange mm-hmm. leading up to it? Does it change how our energy is throughout the month mm-hmm. does it mean that i'll finally start exercising like what what are we getting a gift a month i'm just saying like what what are what are the I like know. what are the repercussions it, it, it's funny because you're having saying christmas that every month basically. having christmas once a year when people give you clothes often will be like oh that's the encouragement lose weight because we got you the wrong size who gives Which, you clothes when i was little Oh, like one one set of grandparents. I won't say which. Always there was like a shirt or a pair of pants. Always two sizes smaller. I don't know why. Hmm. But anyway, um, 
I don't think I ever got clothes mm-hmm. except for when I think I mean I always ask for socks and underwear for Christmas mm-hmm. and uh, rarely do I get the wrong size but mm-hmm. I think my family understands because I've been fat for a long time that <laughs> they're like don't buy him like gifts fit perfectly like mm-hmm. uh, toys fit perfectly sorry mm-hmm. toys always fit because they're one size fits all but I've never gotten I've only ever gotten socks yeah. or underwear from my parents I mean my and only when I requested yeah. it that, like that one set of grandparents they would get me like a nice shirt or a nice pair of pants or something I mean there was always other stuff um my mom would get us clothes but that was like it was funny the clothes are always in addition to whatever the gift count was for each of us oh that's weird i know it was a don't ask it's like a long story but it was you know christmas was sort of fun always fun but anyway now we're in the new year yes and i don't know i, I like the idea of, of uh, a gift a month on the 25th i mean i'm stressed out about it if we're actually gonna like do it, that stresses me. I think the fuck I think out. it definitely has to be like a a limit, like a, a like monetary. a secret Santa type. Yeah. of Yeah. Okay. And like it just has to like a thing, like a like a little, you know, like you know whatever. All right. I don't know. Let's do we want to do that? I don't know. Let's see. let's not make any commitments that are re- being recorded. Well, the listeners are gonna keep us. So we'll we'll put it put it to the listeners. Do you think we should do Christmas every month for the entire year? Yeah. Of 2019. I I kind of. Anyway, I want to see what the response is. I know. Hashtag Christmas all year challenge. Yeah. Let's oh, see what happens. I'm just, I'm hashtag. curious to see if, it, how it'll affect our moods. Right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, and, and this is what I'll say to end this is that like, it would be festive. And I feel like there's really not, um, oh, like, I, mean, I don't know, like when else, like the rest of the year is festive, July 4th. Like, it's not the same. I have to be honest. I'm excited for the rest of the year to not be festive because we started keto right before all, like, there's like a, a, a nice crunch of holidays that happens toward the end of the year. And we started it right before thinking like, mm. oh, are we going to stick to keto for Halloween? What are we going to do for Thanksgiving? What about my birthday, which is sandwiched in between those two? Mm-hmm. What about uh, Christmas? What about New Year's? Like, we went into it with that, it, like, on our minds And I sort of feel liberated knowing that like, you know, Valentine's Day is like optional. We can do it. We can not like it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we can do keto or not do keto or not do Valentine's Day. No, we always do Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. We always do something on Valentine's Day. Um, But no, my point is like, I'm not even thinking about like, oh my God, am I going to cheat on Valentine's Mm -hmm. Day? Because I don't give a shit. It's a very big difference from that four hour body thing that we were doing like right before dragcon <laughs> before right. dragcon la which um i have to say though and 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 i like we've both cheated you know during this like week of vacation and i think it's because we're just kind of like with no schedule so you know you get bored and you want to eat and is that why you cheated? i mean it was more that's like that's not why i cheated that's no what i'm asking it wasn't there there were moments like when i um when I ordered, you know, ordered Napoleons at 11 o'clock on New Year's Eve, um, that was more like I wanted something sweet for dessert and we were having champagne and I was like, oh, damn, I didn't think of this. Like, you know? But then there have been moments where I've, I can't remember what we got or what I ordered where I'm just like, I want to eat something and like, I, I just want to indulge that. And since we've been on keto, I think there have been few... Um, times where I've just been bored and I'm like, I want to eat something. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I'll make a more active decision. Like, I want a snack now. But 
that right. like weird boredom and eating was uh, a feeling I hadn't felt in a long time. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I could take it or leave it at this point. Like I'm excited to like, you know, be back totally keto. Right. Um, having a wedge of Jarlsberg in the house always helps me because I can just sit there and it's like, I mean, it's sort of like having, uh, like physical labor whenever you want to eat some of that cheese because you have to, you have to pull out the, the saw and hack off a, a piece of it and then cut it into small pieces. It's just like it limits the snacking, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but the reason I cheated, because I cheated a couple of times between Christmas and New Year's, and I decided, I was like, listen, you're really craving several foods, French fries, pizza, um, and I don't remember what the last one was, but um, I think it was just French fries. Chinese I kept food? You kept on talking about Chinese food a lot. Yes, and then we had Chinese food and... God would have let down. Mm. But anyway, um, uh, so I, I was like, you're really craving all these things to the point where you can't stop thinking about them. Allow yourself to have them and then move on. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And, you know, just to be the obsessive version of myself, um, I also weighed myself uh, after each, like, af- like the next day after I cheated because there was the... The time we had Chinese food, we also ordered a pizza, um, and there were three attempts at French fries. Can you believe that shit? Three attempts, and none of them but satisfying. But we never ordered from the place where make, that makes a good French fries. I know. That's the... Although the third time when we went to Outback, those fries were actually good, and I only only oh, my I only needed to have a, a couple of them, and my I was cheese fine. fries were really good. And Oh, and I had popcorn. That was the other um, thing mm-hmm. that I had on my mind. But anyway, um, allowing myself to have those moments... And then just like kind of give in to them quickly with the agreement that tomorrow you start right back from where like you go right back to your old habits of, you know, eating the way you're supposed to be eating Mm -hmm. for your health, for weight loss, for, you know, less anxiety, whatever, like all of that. Um, You you go back to that the next day. I was able to do that, and I mean, I only think I gained like four pounds, which is nothing in the grand scheme of things. I gained a smidge more. Well, but you also, I think, went a little harder than most. Yeah, yeah, there were definitely moments where I indulged. Um, you also need to remember that you, when when you cheat on keto, okay, so when you start keto, you're losing water weight because your body attaches, uh, like when, when you have carbs and sugar stored in your body or when you're uh like when you're using that for fuel your body uh attaches liquid to it so there's like all this water weight that you lose in the beginning that's going to happen to you over the next like two weeks probably is you're going to be excited about that yeah you're going to lose all of that weight really quickly over the next two weeks um so and then some maybe Mm -hmm. i'm more curious just like with the uh christmas every month experiment I'm curious to see what cheating uh, with some form of regularity, whether it be like once every three months or what, what that does to our weight loss. That's what I'm mm, curious about. You mean like shocking and going back and like. Exactly. Because I've already noticed like we cheated. What was it like three days ago? And I weighed myself and I already have lost like four pounds. And I had that oh, Napoleon work. last night. Mm-hmm. So I'm just cu- I'm curious yeah. to see like. <sighs> Because I, I have, I have such, I, I have been on a diet since I was six years old, mm-hmm. and I am curious to see like 
what can I do combined with all with exercise, which I have to come up with some kind of game plan today for. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see what I can do in terms of that so that I can indulge when I really, really want to. Yeah. And, you know, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's a good idea. I yeah. um, There were certain things I missed, you know, uh-huh. like I said, but now I think, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm excited to... Um, also like get back to meal prepping because i think not not necessarily my cheating but my dissatisfaction with food started like the week before um my job went on break for the holidays yeah because some i don't know that that weekend before christmas we didn't like the, the week like the week before christmas we didn't meal prep properly and i was ordering you know a salad or like a hamburger without the bun and it wasn't the same as the food we make. Yeah. So I think that the, like when I eat food that we've made, I feel fuller, longer, you know, even even if it's like, sorry, compared to foods that we would eat outside that are keto is, yeah. is what I'm saying. And yeah. I don't know why, but it's, um, I'm very excited to have that portion control yeah. back, you know? Yeah. So. Um, we also, we live, like we had a very sedentary shit the last, what the last two weeks? four days or so oh well yeah i would say i mean we were pretty busy up until like the day after christmas right i would say um yeah so we probably need to start moving around more mm-hmm. <laughs> um because the last couple of days all we've done is watch movies yes which is what we're here to talk about yeah. this we is haven't my this many movies in ages no we haven't mm-hmm um, I kind of want to call this episode um, like my winter vacation or what I like what we did on our winter vacation. What is it? What is it that they used to call that they used to give you an essay to write for yeah. your summer break? It's, it's like what I did on mine. How I spent my winter vacation. There we go. I knew I would get there sometime. Um, so we watched a lot of movies and you know what? You put these in a particular order and I want to move of them around. Course you of do. course I do. Just because, okay, so we're going to talk about Bird Box. So if you haven't seen it, we will try not to spoil anything, but, you know, be aware that we're going to be talking about Bird Box. Um, But I don't want to start with Bird Box because I feel like... Well, why don't we talk about the movie that we just watched? uh, Okay, I didn't want to start with that that grouping because we... So the first five movies on this list, because that's... We've watched nine movies on this break. Um, nine and a half if you count the last one. Um, let's just start with the last one. How about that? Okay. Well, wait, 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 wait. And then and then move around. Sorry, listen. I want to I want to keep the the. We the, don't want to do the holiday looking ones first. Sure, but I want to go to the last one, the very last one first. Oh, and we'll then, get that shit out of the way. Yes, okay, exactly. Let's do it. Okay, so last night, um, and just for transparency's sake, we are recording this on New Year's Day. Yeah. Um, last night we tried to watch Party Girl because I have I have heard good things about that movie. This and and for those of you who are wondering, I'm talking about Party Girl from 1995 with Parker Posey and uh, Guillermo Diaz and um, Lee of Schreiber's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? That Lady Bunny well, makes Lady like Bunny a cameo. Has a cameo at the very beginning. So if you want to see Lady Bunny in it, literally turn it on, wait 30 seconds, and then turn it More off. More like Baby Bunny. I mean, it's funny. I know. So um, Party Girl is this movie that I had heard about pretty much my entire life, I think. Um, people just saying like, oh, my God, Party Girl's so fun. Oh, my God, do you get this reference from Party Girl? Like, 
all, all of that. And I always have to say no because I have never watched the movie from start to finish because I turn it on and it bores the shit out of me. So I noticed it was on Amazon Prime last night and I turned it on and Daniel said that <laughs> he thought it was, he remembers watching it and enjoying it. Yeah. Do you remember uh, what you enjoyed about it? I, no. Hmm. I mean, I, in my mind, I, I mean, I watched this such a long time, probably on like Loco or VH1 or so. I remember I was like, it's still a, a, like a young teenager. <coughs> um, I just thought that Parker Posey was really like goofy and kooky and like, you know, like looking back and not knowing anything about nightlife at the time, you know, I was like, oh, is this what people do? Like when they go out and all that. And, um, but you know, from the little bit that we watched the, uh, the, so we watched, I was like, what? we watched exactly 30 minutes of this mm-hmm. movie and then turned it off because nothing was happening. Like nothing but nothing but nothing was happening. We were following around and okay, this is what I got from the movie. We're following around this privileged white girl who doesn't know how to do anything but party. Like she literally doesn't have a job and her her job is partying basically. Um, And she lives in this gigantic apartment because of course she does. Um, although this was 1995, so she probably could have afforded yeah, to live. And she in lives a huge there with Guillermo Diaz. Well, no, he doesn't live there. It's established at the very beginning of the movie that he got oh. kicked out of his apartment. and He's staying there temporarily. Oh, so he's not contributing, right? He's oh, not contributing okay. to the bills. Oh, I thought anyway. Also, why is Guillermo Diaz straight in this movie? That's the confusing part for me because as soon as like. There's a scene where they show that he's interested in this dancer that um, that is um, at this club that he is spinning at, and I just remember like rolling my eyes and being like, "Why are we? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this?" You seen Parker Posey a favor? Maybe mm. doing it doing her a favor by playing straight? No, I don't know. <laughs> I like honestly, I don't even know why I said like, "Yay, let's watch it," because I we've already talked about this movie for a lot longer than we said we would. Anyway. Um, I thought this movie was terrible and I turned it off because I couldn't take any more of it. I also, the acting, like basically everyone acting around Parker Posey is terrible. You can tell that Parker Posey is talented from the, like from the little bit that we watched. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and of course we've seen her in other shit and she's really cool. Um, but, uh, why do you, okay. If, if there's anyone out there who is a fan of Party Girl, why do you like the movie? Please tell me. Because I'm very, very, very curious as to what I maybe missed in this movie. And I like to see it, basically. I would like to find what makes this movie fun. Because a lot of people seem to enjoy it. And to me, it reminds me a little bit, I think Parker Posey's in this other movie too, of um, 200 Cigarettes. Do you remember that movie? It's not the one with Kate Hudson. I don't know who's in that movie. There's like Oh, that's nearly famous, I think. Almost famous. Almost famous. I yeah. feel like I've seen 200 cigarettes, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those movies that, again, like, Thorgy used to, I'm pretty sure it's Thorgy's fault that I'm confused about Party Girl, because I'm pretty sure he would mention it a lot. Um, but one of the th- one of the lines is, um, uh, um, how, how are we supposed to get back to Ronkonkoma or something like that? And that's where Thorgy's from. Anyway, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm just curious to see if anybody else liked Party Girl. Um, or any of the other movies we're going to talk about. Why don't we take a break? And when we come back, we'll start talking about these movies that we actually did finish watching and enjoyed. (laughs) So stick around. We'll be right back. 
Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back. Mm. And we're going to start talking about movies we actually watched. Sorry. Yes. Um, um, what should we start with? So, okay. So we watched five horror movies because clearly we're like, for some reason, we are like still in that Halloween mood. See? But then we watch them. And I don't think that we're consciously picking horror. I don't think we were consciously picking horror movies. I think we were just like, oh, that looks like it might be good. Um. You may be feeling that way, but that's not how I feel. Oh, because I was totally like, we could watch that. We could watch something else. Like The last one, the one that we just watched, Jesus Christ. I picked that because we watched Summer of 84 yesterday. Mm. So, um, But we're not going to talk about those yet. Let's talk about the light shit first. Yeah. Um, let's start. You know what? Let's start with The Oath and Night School because <sighs> I hated pretty much both. Okay. Well, so... Go ahead. So I will be the devil's advocate for The Oath, Please. which is a movie with um, Tiffany Haddish and whatever. Ike Baranol. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, and okay. So here is my, I did not dislike this movie uh-huh. in general. It, it's kind of, um, if if the Purge movies had a sister um, like franchise, this uh-huh. is what I feel like it would be because it, it's all about, uh, you know, th- this this interracial couple at Thanksgiving. Is it? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. You're right. And basically, like at you know, in this like version mm-hmm. of the U.S., the president is making somebody sign this thing called the Patriot Oath, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Now that feels a little too real because we do have the Patriot Act. Right. Um, so you have to sign up over the course of a year and nothing supposedly will happen to you, but shit's going down all over the place. And it, so it, it feels similar to the proposed, um, what was it? The, the what regist- is it? The Patriot Act where it was, uh, immigrants from particular countries had, had to, to register. Register. I mean, I'm sure they built that into it. I don't or really was remember. It called the Muslim Act, maybe. Jesus Christ. Cause I think it was specific to, I think they were trying to get Muslims to register, Anyway, it it just it reminded me of current events. It's it's very much like, you know, it's it's very dystopian, the whole concept. Right. Um, So anyway, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, God, this made me so uncomfortable. Um, Yes. (laughs) They have the, you know, they have the the husband's like parents over, his sister, his brother, whatever. And, you know, they're all coming from like opposite ends of the political spectrum. Right. And then hilarity is supposed to ensue but it didn't right because this movie is supposed to be a comedy that's why we went to it that's what it's marketed as oh it's a holiday movie Mm -hmm. and it's a comedy let's do it like let's fucking do it there was nothing funny in this movie oh it was terrifying the best thing to come out of this movie was tiffany haddish's acting they finally Mm -hmm. let her play somebody other than the usual character that she Mm -hmm. plays in movies and she was really good. Like she was really, really, really good in this movie. Really, like um, the um, what is it? Like her temperament is usually just like frenetic. Whenever she's in any yes. other movie, this is more. This was more like um, I don't know. Uh, it was more. 
She was in charge. Yeah. It she, was, she it, had, it was, was like a role reversal with her and Ike Barinholtz. Exactly. And I always think that Tiffany Haddish has a certain amount of power and presence in her movies. But like Robert said, it's frenetic. Like you can feel it coming off of her. And this was a much more quiet performance, I think, from her. And you could see her kind of cycling through the emotions to when she blows up. Right. And I think that that was... And it took her a really took long her, time yeah. to get there, too. Yeah, this woman that Which she I was playing... Has the patience of a saint, right? Because if I were married to this man with his going on, like I would turn off every, like, no access to any type of media, right? Because he's obsessed with this, like, Patriot Act over this whole year. So, right, right. I, I, like I said, I didn't dislike it. I don't appreciate how it was marketed or the way it's classified. It's like this is not. It's I not didn't a think comedy. It was funny. No, I didn't think. You know, there were there were uncomfortable moments where. Tiffany Haddish bore the weight of like having to uh, like um, shift gears. Yes, and and that kind of made it funny occasionally. Mm-hmm. But wow, this movie was very heavy. Yeah, um, I would say that it's more uh, more along the lines of like a dark, I guess a dark comedy. Not really. No, there's no there's nothing comedic about this movie. It's a dystopian political drama with a strong female lead. Wow, there you go. <laughs> Um, and then we also watched Night School, yes. um, which I did not want to watch because I'm not loving Kevin Hart lately. Nope. And I don't love him um, more because we actually did watch this movie. And for the... I, I stayed awake for most of it, I think. Like if, if we're to... Mm-hmm. I, I think I started fighting my... like. I was I was starting to fall asleep while we were watching this movie and I was fighting it, fighting it, fighting it because I was like, I'm waiting for the jokes to show up. Like, where are the jokes? Um, and they never came. Well, Tiffany Haddish was good. Yeah. But like, actually, I think everybody else was kind of fun to watch except Kevin Hart because like his classmates were funny. Like they did funny shit, I think. I think, okay, I think the curse of this movie, or not the curse of this movie, but the, the problem with Night School is that we have to travel a really long distance to get to the end of a joke. And sometimes we reach the punchline and they're still traveling. Oh my God. It's like, there's no, um, it's like encore after encore that you didn't want. Right. It's like, oh, I thought, especially the ending. Yeah. Which was like 20 minutes longer than it needed to be. Right. I'm like, really? Yeah. It was weird. I would never recommend... This movie is a comedy, but I would never recommend it to anyone because I didn't think it was funny. I just thought that the jokes were all trying really hard and they weren't really taking us anywhere. No, not at all. Um, but we did watch the whole thing. We did. And I will say, okay, one of my one of the bigger complaints, though, is that Tiffany Haddish is barely in the movie. I know. And I think that's interesting considering that her face is on the poster. And I mean... From what I remember, there are like long, there's like a whole sequence that happens that takes like a half hour and she's not in any of it. Mm. So if you're a Tiffany Haddish fan and you're trying to watch this movie to support her or enjoy her brilliance, move on. Watch Girls Trip again or something like this isn't this is not the one or watch The Oath. She's better in The Oath than in this movie. Um, What are the other two movies we watched that were light? (laughs) So... We went to the movies with Jasmine Rice LaBeja this past weekend. The Royal House of LaBeja. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I am now known as Betty LaFeja. <laughs> so I'll let you guys get that reference. Uh-huh. Um, 
I really, I really do enjoy that. Yes. Like I might make it a thing. Um, so we went to the movies with Jasmine to see Second Act, the new JLo driven drama, I guess, or it's like a rom com, I guess, or a dramedy. Ooh, a dramedy. Will. I haven't heard that word it's in like a while. It's like if Made in Manhattan had an older sister. Right. Though. That's really what this movie is. I mean, is. they were saying like JLo is Jenny from the block, but Maya is Maya from Queens. And yeah. It's like, well, that that doesn't really work. But, you know, they were trying to make these correlations. Right. Um, a lot of the movie was filmed in our neighborhood, yeah. which was really cool to see. Uh-huh. So that true value, right? Is it true value? Star I forget value? what it's. The supermarket, the supermarket that she works, she works at. at is really the Food Bazaar Northern Boulevard. It's not in Ozone Park. Um, we also went shopping there recently and I, it took everything I had to not ask the cashier like, so were you here mm-hmm. when JLo was here? Because she was here a lot. Yeah. Um, when she jogs, she's jogging down Roosevelt. They have dinner at this, um, apparently what's a really good, famous uh, pub pub yeah. uh, on Roosevelt Avenue as well. I'm, I'm sure there were a lot more things, but I'm like, I can't remember all of them. But that was really fun. Yeah, it was cute. It was really cute to see our neighborhood on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly, after reading all of the, like the critics really went hard on this movie and I loved it see and i wasn't sure how i was going to feel about it Uh and i don't know why because as i've said before i do enjoy and love j-lo i think she's very important in what she's managed to do and all that um i just i don't know why i didn't want to watch this movie i really didn't for Mm -hmm. whatever reason yeah but i'm glad that we did yes me too because i love j-lo she's just pleasant to watch act she like again she doesn't do everything perfectly but there is something about her that is incredibly magnetic. Yeah, I think. And she, she was really good in she this. She was movie. she was particularly good in this yeah. movie because she gave you the range of emotions. I mean, it wasn't her fault that they shifted gears in weird ways where it was like, what? You know? Yeah, um, there are some plot twists cuz there are movie. some plot twists which were which were interesting plot twists, but they were just timed really incorrectly or yeah. or came a little too late, I think. Yeah. Um and also which weren't handled the way I think that you would handle with, had somebody done that to you. I just, I don't know. I think there was a, they were trying to, they were trying to put too much into this movie. Mm-hmm. There were, there were too many, um, there were too many different, uh, what do they call that? Um, ideas no 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 when there's like the main plot and then there's like a subplot and then there's like sub 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 but there's another name for it um anyway it's more common in a sitcom Mm. um but anyway there were there were far too many different things that were happening Mm -hmm. all at the same time and they're trying to introduce you to i don't know they're trying to tie Mm -hmm. up all of the different pieces of each subplot when I feel like with most romantic comedies, we don't need to do that. Like, no. we don't need to take it there. Yeah. Because life doesn't wrap up. Well, I mean, that's sure. You know. But um, but in an ideal world, which I guess this movie existed, you would want everything to wrap up nicely. Yeah, that's like true. it did. Um, I will say, uh, Vanessa Hudgens is particularly awful in this movie. Like, I'm convinced that she's not, like... She was not meant to act. I don't know what it was she was meant to do, but it wasn't acting. She's just not, she is not engaging. No. There is, and she's, she's saying the words, right? And she's there, but I don't, and and I didn't, because now, because then the movie we're going to talk about after this also features Vanessa Hudgens. Yes. But it's like. Too much of Vanessa Hudgens. She's just, and I feel bad 
Why the fuck do I feel bad? She's not listening to this. Who cares? Um, well, let's talk about the second movie because I feel like there's more. Okay. There's okay, more so, there. So the, the, <laughs> the proof that Vanessa Hudgens is a terrible actress is also the second movie that we watched, um, which was The Princess Switch on Netflix. Okay, um, but say the title clearly so that The Princess can hear you. Switch which is um which was a netflix movie that yeah. everyone was talking about and everyone was saying oh my god it's so great you mm-hmm. have to watch it it's so cute very like prince and the pauper you know like a you know princess switching places with a commoner you know whatever yeah it's um, monte carlo it is monte carlo and the parent trap tried to have a baby they had a they had a baby and then like they somebody like pressed the baby's face against a copy machine and then just pressed copy in black and white or maybe send a fax to somebody you know whose whose ink was low so like on their end it just was really here's a really rough template for a switcheroo movie Mm. again i okay so i didn't hate it i did and i don't know why because this movie is awful the acting is bad kind of across the board yep the 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 little girl who plays her her business partner's daughter is so annoying Mm-hmm. Like her business partner doesn't seem believable. The prince, pfft, like it's just so bad. And like the most interesting person is the princess's or the duchess's governess. Like, yeah, I guess she's so. she's like the wittiest one in the bunch. And even then, it's like you know, like uh, stretching it. I think, or it's a stretch. Sorry. I think. I mean, I'm starting to wonder if maybe Netflix won uh, like a like a weak ass bidding war with the Hallmark channel for some of these movies, like the princess switch. I mean, we, we haven't watched uh, the Christmas Prince or uh, the Christmas Chronicles or any of these, of these other, like all of a sudden there was a rash, like literally a herpes rash of, of Christmas movies that showed up on Netflix mm-hmm. that were Netflix originals. Yeah. I think that maybe there was some weak ass mm-hmm. bidding war with the Hallmark channel and Netflix just like won by a margin. It's like American pickers. Sure, I, th- I think that I think that's the yeah. Show they want to where they where like you just win a storage unit and like right. you can you can swap if you want to. Right, they, it just it was. It also felt like these movies were filmed in a storage unit. Like the, I mean, it anyway. It was just bad. But beyond yeah. that, she like they could just replace her with a little Twitter egg. You know, when you don't have like a, I don't know, an avatar. An avatar. Thank you. They could. Re- thank you. There we go. They could just replace her with that and save a lot of money. Well, I don't know if she's making a lot of money, but I just she's I, just boring. I don't understand what you got out of getting Vanessa Hudgens in this movie because there were nobodies in the other Christmas movies I just talked about and people watch them just the same. Um, that being said, the biggest issue for me is the fact that Vanessa Hudgens couldn't keep her character straight throughout the whole movie. And I'm convinced <laughs> this had nothing to do with the um the script or the way that the characters were written or anything this is literally just you're a bad actor mm-hmm. please leave yeah <laughs> and so now i'm nervous for rent because like really you have vanessa hudgens playing maureen like i'm very 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 nervous but also maureen is in like basically half the show mm-hmm so you're gonna have to see a lot of her. No, 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 no. We don't meet her until like right before the intermission, basically. Oh, in the actual show. Oh, okay. So hopefully, hopefully she doesn't muck it up too much. Fuera. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mm. Valentina's fuera. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So 
she was pretty bad in both those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I hear they're making a fourth High School Musical. So oh my her star is on the rise. I'm also kind of mad at the internet for trying to convince us that this was a good movie because we actually spent time uh, watching this movie and we talked about it on more than one occasion should we watch so we dedicated time right we watched the trailer oh my god the fashions can we talk about the fashions real quick because i had a conversation when we finished watching second act you had to go to the bathroom and i talked to jasmine about it and jasmine was not convinced that the fashions were as cheap as we saw them to be in the the princess Princess switch Switch? Mm -hmm. really yeah okay like like I told her about the um, the Chanel suit, Chanel in air quotes, the Chanel inspired suit um, that is like the buttons are screaming down the middle. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with anybody's weight, clearly. No, it's just like just poor construction. Wrong. There yeah. was this like hot, like as pink as our microphone covers, hot pink, terrible, like crispy satin type jacket with like bric-a-brac, like bric-a-brac, bric-a-brac trimming down the front. Watch the trailer. Because Vanessa Hudgens, like the the British Vanessa Vanessa Hudgens, is wearing it in the trailer. The sad, sad puckering ball gown that that was awful. The really inappropriate, um, I guess, like keyhole dress oh my that God, she the wears at the very end. Dress, yeah, with of course a bolero. Like you're royalty, and you're wearing a keyhole Mariah Carey ass New Year's Eve dress during with the day. sunglasses during the day to an indoor event mm-hmm. like no and regardless they were it just it was very confusing yeah it was very strange well that was because vanessa hudgens couldn't keep the the british version no, of no, her no, I'm from about the fast like the 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 clothing options oh uh, okay this is kind of like you know how, how we watch all those teenage uh the, like the the oh my god what are they called the Brat Pack movies? Is that what no, you're talking about? No, no, no. The teenage, uh, like the high school productions of like Broadway shows. Oh, and like yeah. This is what this looked like. Okay. I think. Like it was just like that. It just was awful. I mean, it was nice of Julie Andrews to lend her her shoes from the original Mary Poppins movie uh, in the scene where they dress her up like fancy or whatever. Because those shoes were hideous, Miss Myrna. <gasps> oh my God, the square ones. Hideous. Oh, it was. So Did they bad. not remind you of the shoes that Mary Poppins mm-hmm. takes out of her carpet bag? Yeah, when she first shows up. Mm-hmm. They just—they were very like, they were like chunky kitten heels. Like, okay, it's bad. So chunky kitty, chunky kitty, <laughs> chunky kitty. Wow. Um, let's take a break and then come back and talk about the uh, the horror, the film. horror movies. Ooh. So. Stick around, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back and we're going to start 
okay, so we have five horror movies that mm-hmm. we watched because we were really feeling in the holiday spirit. Right. Um, we're going to start with the one that we didn't like the most, which was Hellfest. What was that? Okay. So promising. Yes. We're going to give Hellfest a little more whatever than we should. Mm-hmm. The, the concept behind the movie is really creepy. Yeah. Um, and I will also say the way that it ends, equally creepy. You could have just shown me the ending as like a short three, like a short film. Yeah. And I would have been good. The trailer plus the ending. That's, That's basically all you need. Yeah. Um, Hellfest is about a horror carnival, essentially. Right. Yeah. Does like that a describe theme park. It? Like a, like, yeah. But, it, but it's like traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're basically, there are deaths that happen in the different, uh, like attractions, haunted houses yeah. that are real. Yeah. Which of course people are like, Oh my God, that looks so real. And it's like, yeah. no, that was real. And he's coming for you. Right. And it centers on this like group of kids that are there. And this guy who they call the other, like chooses them for, for whatever reason. And so that's kind of the whole thing is him picking them off yeah. one by one. Um, you made an interesting point that th- there were elements from other more like more important horror movies mm-hmm. that were like thrown into this one. Yeah, like uh, the 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 fact that he's called the other, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's I think a direct reference to um, God, I, the Halloween movies where I believe Michael Myers is called the Shape, something like that. Something yeah. like that. So. I was like, okay, and you know, he has a mask, and you know, he walks kind of slow, and it was, but, and he's focused on one, exactly. He's focused on one woman the whole yeah, movie, and so anybody that gets in his way gets killed, right? Like that's essentially, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I, but I just didn't like it. Yeah, and it, it was, it was so absurd, just yeah. so absurd. Um, and I don't want to give more time than that, yeah. but. Yeah. If the ending, the ending could have been the ending to a very good movie, mm-hmm. I think, because mm-hmm. that was fucked up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there you have it. I agree. That. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Cam next. Yes. Is that where we're going? Yes. Which has me like. <sighs> yeah. I'm a little confused about how I feel about this movie. So mm-hmm. Cam is on Netflix. If you're looking for it, uh, it is a film about a cam girl. And that's the term that I'm taking directly from Wikipedia because that's how they refer to her on the Wikipedia page. Uh, and basically, she is doing all of these cam shows. She's working really hard to get her um, her Rank, ranking yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Which, like, is that a real thing? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because that's how you end up... Okay, so... Because <laughs> we don't see the numbers on Chatterbait. No, but I'm sure that they do. But what's interesting is that it's basically like to get to the, the front page. Ah. of of whatever you know like on chatterbait they have like male female you know trans and i think they also couples. have like couples mm-hmm. so like if you land on that first page and then at the first box it's basically like you know you're the first person they see so you'll have more people in your room and you know so on and so forth so she's trying to get there but like sometimes it's about timing because mm-hmm. like you can show up on that first page and have no viewers but it's yeah. just like you were there when there was no one else on the website. Yeah, anyway, exactly. um, but she's obsessed with like cracking the top 50. And um, and then she basically what happens is she does and then somebody steals her identity, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. That was basically the whole movie. And you never get any m- more 
uh, well, you actually don't I mean, even get that much you information. Get a hint from this guy who's like obsessed with her mm-hmm. and like follows her around. Yeah. Like you get a hint as to what exactly is going on, but that's it. What was the hint? He said that he's seen this happen to other girls and that right. he has tried to like seek out the real girl to find out if they're okay is what oh. I got. Yeah. I didn't get that. Cause he, he was like top friends with all of the other cam girls that were like, that had had these shifts in their personality a little bit mm-hmm. and that were, you know, clones basically. Oh, but I don't know. Is that what it was? They were clones. I don't know. I don't, I mean, you know, plastic surgery. I don't know, yeah, but there were things like, know. you know, when they went into her house, it's like, well, when did they do that? Right. Unless they scoped it out. Every, I mean, the thing is, I really wish there had been another half hour to this movie. Yeah. Cause I really like, because like it was a fucked up concept it was actually a pretty good movie i think yeah um but i think that we could have had a part or you know kind of sprinkled throughout the movie where it's like let's go like behind the curtain and find out what's going on with this conspiracy because that is what i think will leave you with like that deep-seated like you know like um anxiety that you get from a horror movie yeah is when you see what's actually going on yeah and we didn't get to see that no but i'm still confused as to how any of the crazy shit that happened in the movie actually happened when i don't know it's unnerving I, it is unnerving. It's terribly unnerving it is unnerving but more than anything i just want to know i want i want to know what the fuck happened like what what was going on that this girl is like all of a sudden there's a clone of her doing cam show like i don't understand how that works i mean she was ex- successful enough to buy herself a house because that that was her living Right. So, so that's then, probably why they stole her identity. Well, but then why does it matter if you crack the top 10? You know what I mean? Like, just fucking move on with your life, you know? Um, let's move on to who's the next movie? Why don't we talk about Searching? Yes, let's talk about Searching. Um, searching, which I think is also a Netflix movie. No. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, features John Cho and Deborah Messing. And John Cho is this dad who is trying to find his daughter who disappeared. And they think she ran away. There's, you know, like uh, saving her. uh, What do you call that? Um, Like money for some sort of classes. Piano. Piano classes. Thank you. Um, That's not, I mean. Anyway. Okay. But basically, like, you know, it's all the signs of a runaway. Right. But we don't, you know, like he doesn't know what's going on. So it's it's the whole movie is this father kind of trying to unravel uh, the mystery of what happened to his daughter. Is she still alive? And like he, he basically ends up doing all of the detective work. Okay. I mean, it seems like, because he, he realizes things throughout right. the course of the movie. Well, but he's also, I mean, he's the, so Deborah Messing plays the detec- detective that is assigned to the case. Mm, mm-hmm. And so she keeps telling him, all I need from you is this. And he'll take it a step further and get like, and do interviews with all of his daughter's friends and all this stuff. So like he becomes obsessed as I imagine any parent who has a missing child would, um, and, you know, takes the investigation further. And, you know, it's probably because of that, you know, the, the, not to spoil it, but the case ends up getting solved Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie. And it's because he had that like fervor about this. Yeah. That it does. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought it was really one of the things that's really interesting about it is the entire movie is shot um, using computers. Like you're just looking at a Mm -hmm. computer screen for basically the whole movie. So 
whenever uh, Deborah Messing and John Tro- Cho have a conversation, it's via like FaceTime or mm-hmm. um, any of the other characters. Like you're you're seeing like found footage, YouTube clips, news, news clips. Yeah. Like it's all none of it is like direct camera. Yeah, like the camera's work. not in the room with the actors. Right, is what it looks like. Um, I like that. Yeah, it reminded me of Unfriended, yeah. which takes it a step further, and it's all sort of like just on Skype, yeah. basically. Um, but it definitely reminded me of that. And I'm excited to see... Uh, one of the reviews that I read for Searching after we watched it was like, you know, a great. this was a great way to capitalize on a certain style of filmmaking before it gets taken and blown out of proportion and we see all of these like terrible, you know attempts at doing the same thing only you know you know in the princess switch way um so i'm excited to see other other movies sort of like borrow this concept Mm -hmm. and give us a little bit more of a and it's interesting because uh cam was like a little bit of a a, like a like a half and half in a way not not exactly not exactly because i think she was using like especially you know when when she sets it up like that at the end it's it's more um i think as a way of communicating well i didn't mean that i meant the fact that we're looking at a computer screen yeah for a big chunk of it and then we're not yeah but this was i mean i i like the way it was done in searching because it didn't like i didn't think about it no because and i and i like that because the the like tricks and you know techniques that they were using to to employ this style Mm -hmm. could have overpowered the story Yes. But the story really just took the lead, and I really enjoyed that. Right. Yeah. Who's next? The next movie that we watched <laughs> uh, was Summer of 84, uh-huh. um, which d- takes place in 1984, and it's about okay. these kids who are trying to like suss out a serial killer that they well, believe lives in their neighborhood. You you keep leaving out the what? key things. So there there is a serial killer on the loose in the town yeah. that these kids live in. And they begin to suspect their neighbor, mm-hmm. um, and so basically the movie it's it's a lot like Disturbia, mm. um, but with a lot of like very obvious nods to like, hey, remember that it's 1984, mm-hmm. so like let's talk about Kremlins, yeah. And uh, I forget what the there's like thinly veiled conversations about Star Wars mm-hmm. and like and all this, you know, they they just they wanted to hit you over the head with that nostalgia that. I guess like Stranger Things does a little bit of a better job mm-hmm. of bringing in the nostalgia without making it so obvious. I guess it's it's more like like a nineteen eighties product placement is what this movie felt like right. at certain points because it's like again this type of story could happen in any decade really you know well, it's like Disturbia. Disturbia exactly Disturbia it's not, is basically the same movie. Um, you know Rear Window in the I think fifties or sixties right, that's where right. this all comes from yeah. and. Um, I I like that these types of movies are still you know this like idea or trope whatever you want to call it still exists you mm-hmm. know where somebody's suspecting somebody and they think they're crazy or lying or whatever because I feel like there is a lot of gaslighting of people when they try to bring your attention to like you know something that they think is off right um but I, I something about it being in the eighties made it even creepier to me well yeah. For whatever there reason. Because there were moments where if the film took place today, you could have very easily called the police mm-hmm. or whatever. But because there is no cell, there's no technology mm-hmm. in the film, basically. It's all, you know, walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if your walkie-talkie was out of range, you were fucked. Exactly. Like, so, 
Um, yeah, I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was really, really good considering, considering that I saw the flaws with all the obvious, um, product placement, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, again, another movie where the ending is one of those things where you're like, fuck, what, what now? Like, what do I do now? You know? The ending, it was, (sighs) yeah. It was heavy. (laughs) It was really heavy heavy. and haunting to say the least. Yeah. Um, and the kids held their own. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was amazing. Yeah, like it's incredible. Like very rare that you get a, a child actor who can actually fucking act. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and this movie is basically all kids. Like they're all kids in yeah. the whole movie. So. Yeah, the adults are co-stars. Yeah, like yeah. Um, also surprised this movie came out in like September of 2018. I'm surprised that it there wasn't a bigger deal made of it. So, um, check this one out. This one's like really fun. It was like a really, really, really fun movie. Um, and then the last one is the one that I guess everybody was talking about leading up to the new year and that's bird box. So here we are bird box. what did you think? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was the best acting that Sandra Bullock has ever done. Oh yeah. Like so compelling. Like, and it also starts out very strong too. Yeah. Where I was like, Oh girl, why are you yelling? Like, you know, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't like peel my eyes away, I guess. <laughs> right. Um, I, it's, it's so hard to talk about for what, for me anyway, because like, I feel like I'll give it away or, yeah, um, but it's just really good. Yeah. And different. Yeah. It's very, I, at least I think it is. Yeah. Um, I think it's different. I feel like, um, again, trying to talk around the subject matter, um, well, first off, it's a horror movie because I've seen people talk about it on the internet and say like, oh, I didn't understand what this movie was going to be about and all this stuff. It is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, keep that in mind when you watch it. Yeah. But it is a really well, I, th- I think it was a really well done horror movie. Yeah. Um, so remember that. I thought that the villains could have been a little more compelling. Yeah. And that the concept that they were trying to give you with these villains could have been a little clearer because it wasn't clear. It wasn't very you, clear. You mean the villains like the the things? No. Oh, the You're people. You're not hearing me. The, the people. The people. Oh, right. okay. Um, I think that they could have been a little more compelling. And the, the reason that these people then become the villains, that could have been a little bit better explained. Yeah. Because I think they touched on it quickly. But again, if you watch the movie, there's not a lot of time to talk. No, there just really isn't. Mm-mm. It's a very fast-paced movie. Yeah, I think so. You know, there's only—I mean—they have to do something in two hours. It reminded me a little bit of like a cross between Cloverfield and A Quiet Place, just like a little oh, bit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So definitely recommend this movie. I did not like the ending. Not at all. No. Mm-mm. I was like, really? That's that's all we get? That was a dumb ending. Hmm. That's the kinding, a kind of ending you have in the middle of the movie when you realize that like everything was a lie. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of ending that yeah. this movie had. Um, Which maybe they're going to make a sequel. Maybe there was more to the book because this is based on a book. Yeah, it's based on a book. And the book, which was released in 2014, it was this, I believe, the author's first book. Really? Yeah. And it was incredibly well received in terms of... Um, you know, it being like a horror novel and, and, you know, within, within that community, it was, it was very, very well received. And I think mm-hmm. the, one of the negative reviews of the book that I read was that while it was kind of perfect in how the author 
put together the story and, you know, threaded everything together. Mm-hmm. It was that it overreached a little bit. Okay. So that you didn't, like, you know, you're reaching so far, but then you have to, like, pull back and, and like, wrap it all up. Yeah. And that's, it's funny because th- at the end of the movie, that's what it kind of felt like. We've come this far and you've, you know, created all of this stuff, but then we just, like, stop. Yeah. And there's kind of, there's just this very, like, quickie resolution if you want to call it that and that's it that's not a resolution or whatever i don't buy it for a second you know this pit stop sure that's what it felt like sure you know um i mean i thought that the way it ended but also the way that everything started it just too fast everything just started happening way too quick and mm -hmm. just like came out of nowhere yeah and also like before the shit started to go down it was clear that sandra bullock was not buying into anybody's bullshit Mm -hmm. you know and then all of a sudden, one thing happens, and she's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like, she's mm-hmm. freaking out. Yeah. Anyway, but I do think, I do agree with you that this was the, some of the best acting mm-hmm. that Sandra Bullock has ever done in her career. Um, and, you know, just give her the Oscar, I guess. I also think, because the book is, like, the way it's told, it's like the past, and then not so distant past, and then the present. And they're all kind of like... It's like over the course of five yeah, years. Yeah, but they're in... You know, they it, it's like through a series of flashbacks and all you know yeah. all of that. Um, is that I don't think the book included the present. If I read the Wikipedia page for the book correctly. So all of that, like toward the end, like... Maybe well, the book happens in chronological order and then the filmmakers decided to do... Something with it. Cutting back and yeah. forth. So I haven't Maybe. like read more about it since like right after we watched the movie, so... Yeah. yeah, I have to go back to it, but yeah. I'm just curious to see if they're going to make a second movie or a, like, a, a film that accompanies mm-hmm. this. Yeah, but definitely so. worth watching. Um, well, that's that's all of the movies we watched over our winter yeah. break. Um, we also want to give a shout out to Podcasts in Color. They included us in their top 10 LGBTQIA podcast of 2018. And honestly, we couldn't be more grateful mm-hmm. and honored to be in the company of such talent i mean we're talking you know the the likes of the reed uh inner Hoa uprising strange fruit which is such a good podcast like i'm sorry to stop there but like they're so good like they're so good um uh oh my god why am i forgetting the name of the podcast marsh's plate. plate yes um, but also um, still process or still processing, right? Yes. yes. Again, like so much talent. We are we were surrounded by so much talent in this category. I'm I honestly, me personally, I feel like I feel undeserving mm-hmm. of the honor. So thank you to Barry of Podcast and Color. I mean, truly, like one of the highlights. Literally happened seconds before you know the, yeah. the ball dropped, but we like, like one of the highlights of the top year. ten of anything really means so much to us yeah, that we were you. included. Um, yeah, I'm still like, no, that's not us, right? Like somebody <laughs> said that, no, but thank you very much, right? It's very nice, and um, <laughs> yeah, so thank you, thank you for including us. Um, and that brings us to the end of our episode. So thank you for um, thank you for listening and for following yeah. us into the new year. My goodness gracious. Um, well, we're Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you didn't follow us there in 2018, be sure to do it in <laughs> 2019. You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. So until next time, bye. bye.